2: It, it, it's like it's like a doorway for a thousand years and these walls stood and stood and stood and there were earthquakes and things like that and coups and stuff but they still stood against fucking 10 15 20 different like prolonged sieges mm-hmm. and it wasn't until <laughs> it wasn't until the ottomans got gunpowder and brought it out and literally brought it the biggest cannon ever ever yeah which is just so fucking insane to me they cooled the cannon with olive oil by the way because it got so hot and they had to pour olive oil on it because the uh, oh. morning air was so hot and I just like I don't know why I have no idea why like it's just one of the things I hyper fixate on where I'm like yes that is awesome I mean that's like, I
1: mean well it, it is literally awesome right yeah like it's all it's inspiring
2: Th- yeah it's a confluence of like the old world of of Rome mm, and mm. the new world the Ottomans and, and you know everything that comes with them and you finally did it and like you finally broke the you finally broke the hinge into Europe from uh from the Middle East and it's like that's insane to me so to me like I get why when people say for 1453 I, like I get it like yeah you They knocked down that wall, and if nothing else, that wall was Rome. Totally. It was Rome. Yeah,
1: and I mean, it, it, it was very much like, in, you know, and of course, like culture had changed and shifted over the thousand fucking years or whatever that it was there. But, you know, they retain a lot of the same, like, hallmarks of culture. Um, that Mm -hmm. you can see from the late the kind of late uh, Roman Empire they were you know the the keepers of many precious texts and these sort of things Mm -hmm. and I mean I think that it's absolutely fine to say well that's when Rome ends because I, I think that you know if you had like asked some people you know for example in 476 they wouldn't have told you the Roman Empire had ended because they'd be like oh I don't know man it's over there like it's just over there but if you you went in 476 and was like oh and by the way there's both nobody in ravenna and nobody in constantinople they'd be like oh word
2: like that would be (laughs) Uh... different (laughs) you know so i and they didn't know about moscow being the third rome yet
1: so what are you gonna do i know right so it's
2: Welcome back to We're Not So Different, a podcast about how we can't stop talking about this fucking Patreon. (laughs) Thank you for joining us once again. My name is Luke uh you might know me better on twitter as luke is a, for as luke is amazing there we go um and i am as always joined by my amazing co-host dr eleanor Yanega, who uh eleanor what is your what is your twitter is it going medieval it is going it's medieval. going medieval yeah go. i didn't remember if there was some part at the something at the end there yeah no it, um, i
1: managed to snag that one that's the one that i definitely have control over so
2: <laughs> <laughs> well there you go so and uh I should be, like, going
1: medieval 69, really. That'd be on brand. Yeah, exactly. But, you know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You live and learn. There were
2: there were 68 <laughs> other going medievals. <laughs> you just happened to be the lucky one. So. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. We are here, once again, to talk about sex, Uh, but we have a couple of things to cover first. Uh, Firstly, if you liked what you heard in that cold open, that's a short bit of teaser audio from our very first patron-only episode, which was posted last week and focuses on a topic that has plagued humanity for centuries. When did the Roman Empire fall? It's a great episode, and we think you'll really enjoy it. If you liked what you heard, you can subscribe for just $5 a month. In addition to getting at least one new patrons only episode each month, you'll have the ability to suggest specific topics for future episodes and vote on which topics we will cover, as well as being able to ask us questions that we we'll would be legally required to answer near the start of each episode. But mostly, you'll be helping us keep the show going. Uh, We will also add additional patron-exclusive content as new subscribers join. And when we get to 100 patrons, we will commit to doing at least two patron-only episodes per month. That's right. So There you go. So check it out. Um the sooner you check it out the sooner that we have to stop talking about it which honestly is the best of both worlds really. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> we know you know you want us to shut up about it so you know mm-hmm. just just help.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh now normally here we uh we read some uh, new reviews if we've gotten any um and uh today uh, one of one of the reviews we've gotten recently uh, had a specific question about for this episode, and oh. you know that uh, that seems like a a good way to integrate these questions in. You know, I guess you can join the Patreon or you can just leave reviews on <laughs> Apple. <laughs> Look, basically, you if you do us a favor,
1: we'll yeah. do you a favor. That's yes. how it works, yes, right? Exactly,
2: exactly. So <laughs> we will get to that review in just a second, and for the other people who have left reviews. We are not forgetting about you. We will get. We will get there. We promise. So, last time, you'll recall that we presented two polar extremes on how sex is popular. Sex in the Middle Ages is popularly portrayed. It is either puritanical missionary sex that is only done to conceive children, and bodice ripping softcore porn. As we found out, however, this framework doesn't hold up to scrutiny very well. While the medieval Catholic Church was stridently opposed to sex outside of marriage and basically any form of sex that didn't lead to uh, procreation, they also believe that women should come when sex does occur, and that's more than I can say for a lot of fellas today. Am I right, ladies? Hey. Uh, <laughs> man, that's a really bad joke. I'm sorry. Uh, sex work was also legal, though it existed in a very gray area and was still largely frowned upon. That's still better than today. Yeah. Um, somehow. Somehow we are still worse than the <laughs> Catholic Church. Congratulations, everyone. We did it, y'all. Congratulations. <laughs> And while there was no doubt much bodice ripping, uh, social taboos against sex were widespread and were often enforced by the, heavy hand, by the heavy hand of the state and or church. And in that manner, we began talking about sex. So, today we are going to talk more about sex as we're going uh, to... I will be able to talk one day today. We're going to talk more about sex in the middle ages. And uh, we're going to start here with this review slash question. uh, Five stars from Corey MR um, on Apple. It says loving it. The new sex episode was fascinating. Love learning new things on this podcast. Since you might do part two on this, I'm wondering what the general idea or consensus was about virginity back then. How did they view it? Or was it as important as we seem to think it was back then? Uh, again, great job, loving your conversations. Well, Corey, thank you very much uh, for saying that for for the nice words and uh, Eleanor. Since. Um I was uh, raised an evangelical Christian and so got Mm. a totally lacking uh, history and sex education. Uh, Can you answer the question about virginity? I definitely
1: can. So um, you're going to be surprised to learn, she says, you know, like sarcasm emoji here, uh, (laughs) to learn that there were kind of differing expectations for men and women on this one
2: i'm Um, shocked
1: (laughs) so really um it's one of these things where there was a lot of emphasis put it on women still not having had sex at the time of marriage in particular Mm -hmm. um and this is because from a kind of social standpoint like women here are being used as a kind of a trade commodity Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's just how it be. So, um, you know, if you really want, like, the the reason that women are kind of like given in marriage, obviously, is because they are going to be sort of like broodmares, right? Like, that's the thing that they bring along with them. They bring any attendant, (laughs) like, um, dowry lands that they have for sure. It means that you're making like a connection with another family. Um, yeah, absolutely. But what you're always also doing is you are saying, I'm going to be, you know, the thing that provides heirs. In this family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And now that's absolutely true, like, especially at, like, the upper echelons of society. So it would be really Mm -hmm. unusual, like, passingly strange, for example. If you were a princess or something, I mean, they would keep you fucking locked right the fuck up basically (laughs) it's just like absolutely not no one is getting anywhere near this pussy like it just cannot happen because it's worth way too much
2: wait okay so I have to stop here were chastity belts a real thing
1: no sorry I know Victorians made it up Victorians made it up um
2: perverts (laughs) perverts perverts eat everyone every single
1: one well you know I really love it because um you know I'm constantly got my knickers in a twist about people like misrepresenting the medieval period and then i will just like make huge throwaway comments about like all the denizens of the 19th century fuck those guys yep. you're right mm-hmm. all of them were perverts <laughs> like mm-hmm. prudes yep. and you know yep. making making breakfast cereals so you wouldn't jack off and like i blame all of them for everything <laughs> so <laughs> please no angry victorianists right in mm-hmm. uh anyway mm-hmm. um so You know, like obviously, this is much more of a thing for much richer families, but it definitely holds Mm -hmm. true all the way down. Um, So you would still see it certainly from the standpoint of the nobility, um, and also from like really rich families. Like, say you are, you know, um, really wealthy guild guild members or something like that. It Mm -hmm. could be true there Mm -hmm. as well. Um, now the the kind of thing for men is that they really don't care if you're like royal or noble it's just like fucking help yourself man like Mm. get like get get down to it um and you know as we saw like when we were talking about sex workers last week um Mm -hmm. there's also this whole like there's a whole fucking industry set up specifically to see to the sexual needs of unmarried men right Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it's like yeah well we gotta have sex workers for them that's that's why sex workers exist So that they can, uh, you know, get their jizz out and not riot um, or whatever. Um, Well, yeah. So there is even like, this is an interesting one because that is not even like saying, okay, well, there's a social expectation. So the church even relents there, right? Because Mm -hmm. here's the thing is technically from a religious point of view, everyone should, you know, be Mm -hmm. rocking up to marriage. You know, without ever having had sex. But then it falls over immediately when we have a look at this whole kind of, you know, the 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 arrangement for sex work. So they're like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, well, you should ideally not have had sex at marriage. But we all know how hard it is, fellas. Fellas, it's so hard not to. <laughs> am I to. right? Are, are, am, am I right? You right? know, like, very, very difficult. Um, but then that expectation is still kind of in place with women. How that pans out in real life, though, is we do know that people were having sex. Um, obviously before marriage, you know, in that way that, you know, they're, they are people. So for example, (laughs) there are, um, you know, poems, uh, that there, there's one that I really like about a a little, um, like a a housemaid who goes out on a date to the ale fair. Um, and she talks about how Jack is going to pay her way at the ale fair. And then they go fuck in a field afterwards. And then she gets pregnant and she's like, Oh, I hope that my, like, I, I'm really nervous about my bosses finding out I'm pregnant. So, you know, there is this constant and ongoing current of people having sex outside of marriage. Mm-hmm. Now, Within that as well, it can be, for example, if you get found out that you're having sex outside of wedlock, you can sort of be forced to marry a lot of the time. Mm. So, for example, um, someone's father could bring a property suit against Mm. you and say, like, you you were having sex with my daughter, marry her. And that that is something that gets upheld often in court. Um, hmm. And as I mentioned, that's also um, a way of kind of like getting out of rape charges. So, hmm. say you like uh, sexually assault a woman, her parents might force you to marry her because uh, that's hmm. what that's what every woman wants, right? To be yeah. married to her rapist, like that'll that'll sort Jesus. that out. Uh, because the pro- yeah, exactly. the problem there isn't like her pain and suffering. The problem there is that like you've devalued her. As a marriage yeah. prospect. So yeah. that's how you. Well,
2: uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, women were, I mean, essentially chattel. Yeah. I mean, not, not to the, no, obviously not to the extent of, of slaves. No, 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 no. Yeah. Literally were chattel. But, you know, uh, still, obviously, as, as Eleanor is saying, uh, traded and sold like, uh, like livestock. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's... yeah, that's pretty, I mean, I, we were going to talk about it later uh in the episode but i guess now might be appropriate since it came up did was rape like an ever present threat to women at the time like i i mean i guess i don't i don't know how you could compare it between now and then but was it something that like did I mean, obviously they had rape, but did they, how did they conceive of what rape was? And
1: yeah, that's, you know,
2: I, I'm trying to ask this and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I really am trying hard not to sound like a a jerk or insensitive. um, But, you know, I think. Obviously, we're talking about a lot of things where uh, agent women don't mm-hmm. have a lot of sexual agency. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a tricky one because, um, you know, as I say, uh, the, the way that we kind of conceptualize uh, what, you know, sexual assault is is real different from them. Because, mm-hmm. you know, for them, technically, they could class something as rape if it's mm-hmm. two unmarried people having sex. Like, you could be like, oh, look, so say, for example, in particular, you like run away from your parents' house, like mm-hmm. with your boyfriend, and you run off. Yeah. That could be classified as rape. Because okay. since it's like a woman making this decision,
0: mm. like her
1: running away, does it cut it? So it like it has very little to do with whether or not like necessarily a woman chooses to do something that's in mm. there. That's certainly in there. And we'll have examples, for example, uh, for, uh, we'll have examples, for example, that is not good. If I was writing this out, <laughs> I would hit backspace. Uh, but we do have examples where women will be like, someone will assault them, and they'll be in a town, um, and they'll yell and be like, hey, fucking this, this, and people will show up and like, chase the dude off, right? Um mm. So it's definitely around the shop, but in one way, it kind of seems like there's more rape in the medieval period, but it's just because their definition of rape is way broader than ours is mm-hmm. like ours is, is like a very very specific to the point where we'll be like well that is um sexual assault it's not technically rape mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. nah, dude we're gonna have to have the biggest content warning at the beginning of this show because it's just like oh, sexual yeah. assault I, uh, yeah
2: i really should have done that i really should have done that before i led him with that conversation jesus uh, that, uh, that, that question it's, it's all
1: good it's all good um like We'll we'll get so we're we're still finding yeah. our feet. Everybody, sign up yeah. to our Patreon so that we can <laughs> figure out how to do content warnings. Um, so it's it, you know it, in one way it sort of seems like there's a lot more just because if you're for example looking at court rules a lot more cases are there. But then. Mm. It's one of those things where you really have to look into that and see what it means. It's like sodomy, right? So, like, if you see the term sodomy, um, like, basics, there was this whole thing where, oh, my God. Like, uh, that basic Naomi Wolf was on Twitter the other day saying that, like, you know, there were this many cases of, like, I think in Victorian England, gay men being executed for sodomy. And all historians were like, that's not what sodomy means. Did you go look at what, like, and it would be like people getting, like, killed for, like, doing bestiality and stuff. They, like, fucked a horse. Right? people are like that is it you know? <laughs> and, or things like that you know so you have to look into it and see what it means so you know just because someone says that like rape is involved it doesn't necessarily mean that rape is involved there mm. is also very much uh, like, Expectations um based on class. So, for example, mm-hmm. um, in *De Amore* or *The Art of Cour- Courtly Love* by Andreas Capellanus, which I never shut up about, um, it's got this <laughs> section where it's like it's a such. It's essentially like a pickup line, uh, like a mm-hmm. well, a pickup artist manual, right? Um, and maybe it's a bit of a joke. Uh, maybe it's not. We're, we're not really sure uh, on this one. It might be, like, satirical, but, you know, satire requires a clarity of purpose, lest it be mistaken yeah. for yeah. that which it's attempting to satirize, right? So... <laughs> <laughs> um, it basically it's in its pickup artist lines. It's like, okay, well, this is how you pick up on women. If you're middle-class, here's how you pick up on another middle-class woman. Here's how you pick up on like lower nobility, upper nobility here. If you're a nobleman, this is how you pick up on someone from the middle class, someone from the lower nobility, upper, you know, like that. Yeah. Um, and then when they talk about peasants, they're like, just fucking fuck them. Just, just have sex with them. Jesus. Just like they basically they're like, help yourself. Um, and in part of that is because even the way that, like, they talk about um, peasants in, in De Amore is they say that they're, like, incapable of love. Um, they say that they copulate, like, beasts. So they're not, like, they're not really people, right? So huh. if a, like, noble person was, like, a nobleman was to a sexually assault uh, a peasant woman, it's sort of like, eh is she people it's like you've already got the like well are are women really people yeah like women are kind of like leftover people that we're sort of mm-hmm. like um you know malformed men we're like inside out yeah. men, right so we're, we're not quite Yeah. A... well
2: i mean you were created from a rib i mm-hmm. mean come on now like you know
1: exactly and we're an afterthought it wasn't like the first thing yeah. you know so yeah. It, yeah you know kind of like people kind of like made so dudes <laughs> could uh could get it um And so then on top of that, when you put like the really ossified distinctions of class Mm -hmm. in the medieval period, it makes it really difficult. So, I mean, I would say on the whole, it's probably fairly similar to what women Mm -hmm. experience now, uh, being as uh, I think it's the statistic is one in 10 women report having had sex against their will in their life. Um, And I think it's like one in it's like one in, and then one in five women, you know, experience sexual assault of some kind it might be higher than that. Jesus um, so, you know, it's probably the same. It's probably the same, um, you know, being as, you know, it, it's one of these things where, you know, the medieval society is a world without cops, uh, but, you know, cops mm-hmm. don't really do anything about sexual assault <laughs> pretty famously. So it's like,
2: except, except committed, except it. Yeah.
1: They, they definitely they, do a lot of that. So, you know, um, You can go ahead and like have police collect rape kits and not test them all you want. Like you know, there there Mm -hmm. is no real difference. Um, I I think probably in terms of what women were experiencing. However, it might look like it just because the definition of rape is so much broader in the medieval period.
2: Yeah, it seems. I mean, and this is just me, um, uh, you know, picking up on what you said. But it seems to me like they were doing uh, the definition of rape was more along the lines i mean th- there was obviously the definition that we have now of whether a person uh consented um but they were also and probably much more concerned about like violation of the father or existing husband's property right quote unquote property rights mm-hmm. as it applied to that because you you know you're talking about if if two people eloped or you know ran off together or something like that you know they could bring rape charges and the only reason you could you know do that is if like is if you're saying i have control over this property you took you know you took it and, and did something you know mm-hmm. I, I guess that this seems to be like the distinction that they're making and, and since you know to them peasants aren't people or aren't yeah, you know, full yeah. people or whatever you know they're like yeah I, you know jesus that is i know
1: i know awful. it's so fucked up it's like and it's a really difficult one too because i spent a bunch of time you know obviously as we're doing with this show being like mm-hmm. you know they're just people they're not that bad and then they'll do something and you're like
0: <laughs>
1: although you know like to be fair like let's yeah. let's be real say uh you know i'm in the uk say boris johnson like um sexually assaulted you know like a young black girl in hackney would he get in trouble for it would he fuck it would be covered right up you know like there is absolutely no way that like anything would happen like i mean let's look at you know this is just
2: my lawyer brain here saying but that is obviously parody because the uk parody extremely wide label libel law parody redacted
1: in minecraft this is a thought experiment in minecraft that is also a parody but my, my yeah, you know. So anyway, but my, know. but my point is that like a power structure is still yeah. absolutely inform our lives, and also there is a real difference. Like, so one of the things that's actually happening, um, also here in London at the moment, um, is there's a bit of a scandal going on with like one of my local. Well, it, it started at one of like the local um, hoity-toity private boys' schools here, where it turns out the young rich men um, are not great about consent and a bunch of girls got together and signed an open letter um and there so it's like a very specific kind of thing with the Mm -hmm. uh, kids at these uh, private high schools talking about um all of the issues that they've been having so there is there is also like, you know, this real tension about like, you know, money still certainly in our mm-hmm. own society, um, power and who has agency, you know, and we, yeah. we still, you know, um, we like to see ourselves as in yeah. a, a better place. But, you know, how that necessarily shakes out is, is really up for or debate, I would say.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I mean, like, I, I mean, we definitely have uh, come a long way in many respects. I mean, medicine, technology. All that sort of stuff. Air conditioning is fucking great. I love it. I fucking love it. Woo! And I do not want to give it up, even though we probably should for the environment. However, however in some ways we just haven't gotten any better at all like say the treatment of women the Mm. treatment of sex of consent and sex i don't know the treatment of sex generally across our society because now we've got a whole we've got the same problems and a whole difference you know what yeah it's like it's almost like we should start a podcast i know right it's like
1: the thing is it's just always changing right it's like the Mm -hmm. specifics kind of move in and out about like what's worse and what's better because it's like it's better for sex workers right but mm-hmm. is there much of a difference for, you know, like poor women ver- who are sexually assaulted by rich men? No, things like that, no. you know, so. yeah. With the Lucky Land slut, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at Luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? <sighs> Ooh, a book club! <sighs>
0: Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, <sighs> oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. <laughs> That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No process by law,
2: 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See
0: website for details. Yeah.
2: yeah, well, so I guess, you know, we're talking about the rich and the poor. Um, was the concept. Is the concept of Prima Nocta real? And Prima Nocta is. Uh, the idea that the noble lord can uh, take a newly married woman and have sex with her on her wedding day or wedding night before her new husband would. Uh, did I get that right? Yeah, you got that right. No. answer. I know.
1: I know. It's, it's like one of those like. A the real... nobles are
2: evil, but not in the way we want it again. I God know, right? I mean,
1: nobles are like straight evil. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, not so much. Not so much a thing. Um, and it's a really interesting one because it's like one of those. That's
2: actually good. I'm, yeah. I'm obviously kidding. Yeah, That's obviously. actually very good. Yeah.
1: But um, yeah, you know, I've, I've gone like digging around, kind of like trying to find things on this. And it's like one mm-hmm. of those things that just doesn't even really come up in the literature. Like it comes up all the time in like fantasy literature, right? Mm-hmm. Or it'll come up in like um, generalized discussions if people aren't actually working on sex in the medieval period. But like mm-hmm. you never see, <laughs> like I'm just like, I don't even really know where it came from. That's kind of like my thing about it. Like I'm sure that probably a Victorian, is the answer like um you know for real you know like when we were talking, we were talking about well I- actually i was about to you know plug well on our patreon episode about the roman empire i was talking about the decline mm-hmm. and fall of the roman empire which is a very 18th century uh very famous uh, roman text and the thing mm-hmm. about older history books especially like um victorians and you know 18th century people these mfers don't cite a damn thing Like, they will never tell you where they they are damned. They will never let you know where they saw something. And, like, sometimes you'll see, like, these really hilarious footnotes. Well, they'll be like, yeah, I can't remember where I read this. (laughs) And they just, like, put it in anyway, and you're like, okay, so, like, for me, that just means that that's not real (laughs) now, right? Like, you've got, because, you know, our entire thing is that... If you're if you're an academic historian, you need to be able to trace it back to the actual source the entire time. Yeah. And sometimes that means you end up going through like seven books where they're like, well, I got it from him. Mm-hmm. I got it from him. I got it from him. But you've got to like go check every single time. And like sometimes that means that like when I'm, for example, checking footnotes, I go look something up and I'm like, oh, it's not actually on page 55. It's on page 56. You know, mm-hmm. it's something yeah. like that. and like it's that dull. Right.
0: Yeah, but yeah.
1: it's everybody needs to be able to see your work. And the trouble mm-hmm. is that wasn't always the case. So standards yeah. of um, academia and history have really um, become much more stringent over the years. And we're really mm-hmm. particular about things now. But like it was extremely like vibes in the 19th century. It was basically like <clears throat> if a like rich dude went to Oxford, he could just like write a book based on vibes only. And that's kind of what, what Prima Nocta is. It's, they're like, yeah, I bet this is what's up. You know? I mean,
2: I think it, I'll be honest. I really do think it's kind of funny that um, a lot of uh, historical texts, even historical texts that that are still used today, uh, with caveats usually, um, are the equivalent of like some kid uh, hopping on Wikipedia and being like, "Yep, yep, yep, okay, got my got everything. <laughs> I'm I'm good to go. Let's let's go." Like, I mean it's just that's yeah that's really funny to me
1: yeah it's like because it all really depends right you can obviously trot off to well um, in the before times you could like go on down to you know your local well in europe anyway you could go to you know your local library or you know one of the big ones like i hang out shout out to the british library manuscript room (laughs) <laughs> shout out to British Library <laughs> Rare Books Room. Love to see you. Um, but, you know, so for example, a lot of the time uh, when I'm doing research, I have to go to the Narodnik Nihovna in Prague where I like to mm. check out manuscripts and look at them. Um, now these mm-hmm. things are increasingly available online. Um, shout out to the Bibliothèque Nationale de France. Like they've uh, digitized almost their entire manuscript collection. And you can go like have a little oh, look-see. It's awesome. amazing. It's like such a great thing to do for the world, right? Mm. But you know that so that's like where you get your primary evidence but obviously we're also reading secondary sources all the time we're all reading each other's mm-hmm. work because a big part of history it's not just about reading the first things it's about the interpretation thereof mm-hmm. and you know you'll just get things in your head and eventually you've got to go check them out and it's it's possible you know but um, yeah. yeah yeah it's it's kind of like a game of telephone certainly <laughs> yeah
2: exactly i mean i i think i think the source that i can early the earliest thing i can remember getting uh uh, the concept of Prima was was um, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Yeah. So that is definitely a historical treatise uh, featuring, uh, starring Carrie Ewell's, uh you know, so. Look. Are Ewells, yous? I, I think you,
1: you it, yeah, it? I don't know. Anyway, he hot and we love him and we love, <laughs> we love Robin Hood, Men in Tights. So, you yes. know, like yes. th- they can go ahead and say anything they want. That's fine. <laughs> Basically.
2: Well, uh, <laughs> okay. I don't, I'm, try, I'm trying to think of, like, a transition away from uh, Prima Nocta. Um, okay, so let's, you know, I can't think <laughs> of one, so I'm just going to cut right through That's fine. Uh, this Gordian knot here and say, uh, what level of sex ed are we talking about with medieval people? Mm. I mean, they knew how to get pregnant, but, I mean, did they, un- like, I mean, obviously they had... Uh, uh STI uh sexually transmitted infections and things mm-hmm. like that but did they I mean did did they understand how that came about or they were just like well it's a thing that sometimes happens
1: well so it's it's interesting because um they are aware of STIs as like STIs right mm-hmm. so they know yeah. that you can like get infections by having sex with someone who has an infection However, mm-hmm. they also get <laughs> wild about some stuff sometimes, too. So um, there is a lot of hand-wringing, for example, about um, having sex with women when they're on their periods. Um, and the there is the <laughs> obvious reason for this, which is that, well, you can't get pregnant. I mean, it's theoretically possible that you could get pregnant. But, you know, it's a, mm-hmm. a much smaller chance, right? Infinitesimally yeah. small. Um, so that's, like, the religious bit. But there's also a lot of, like, hand-wringing about menstrual blood generally. And the reason Mm. that menstrual blood is my my husband just turned around and like gave me this look, like, it's like, yeah, I'm back on my menstrual blood bullshit over here. Yeah. Uh, So (laughs) um, there is, so what, there's this issue um, with menstrual blood where the idea of the menses is, you know, how like men, right, they get their their superfluous um, humors out through coming, which is why sex workers exist, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Women do it by menstruating the other thing is oh, that-, that
2: seems like a shitty deal yeah, I know, right? that seems like a shitty deal right?
1: <laughs> and also it's like with men the thing is too because they are again conceptualized as hot and dry on in terms of um the the uh I'm I'm making a little wheel sign to try to come up with a word for humoral chart. There you go. Um, hey. It's like yeah, Luke's like, sure. I, I Sure, no, Eleanor. I had no yeah, idea. why not?
2: No, no, no. <laughs> I, I knew you would get there, but like I, I'm like, you know, the I wheel. can help you. Oh, <laughs> you mean form. the the wheel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the wheel. Yeah, yeah.
1: Great. Um, so men are hot and dry and women are, are cold and wet. And so men Obviously. burn off more of their excess humours by virtue of being hot and dry. Um, And then they'll just (laughs) come the other bit out, (laughs) whatever. Um, Whereas women are cold and wet, so they can't do that. So instead, menstruation is the process of the body, like expunging any excess humors that are like uh, basically malignant, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So as a result, menstrual blood is seen as being like poisonous. Like, there are all these stories about, like, um, how, how particularly poisonous women might be able to, like, kill men with their glance. Um, there are ideas that if you oh, take, Jesus. like, um, menstrual blood and, like, it can break mirrors. Or if you, like, <laughs> if you bury it with metal, it'll corrode metal. Like, there are all these, like, there's all these stories about how bad and corrupting menstrual blood is. So if you have sex with a woman while she's on her period, it's thought that you can get an STI. Um, and one of the most frequent ah. STIs that they that they cite actually is not what we would call an STI because it's not an STI, but is leprosy.
2: So I'm sorry. Yeah. So they'd be like, like you, you mean like the the like skin disease? Yeah.
1: So um, Jesus Christ, leprosy. <laughs> It's like just a major tangent it's like leprosy um in the medieval period is like considered like very very much of a, like a big issue um there are a lot mm-hmm. of people who have leprosy around the joints um and it's just it's kind of endemic in the european population it's it's around mm-hmm. the shop now um leprosy the way that we it, it's a really bad kind of like a it, not great uh, disease that we're still we still kind of we have it kind of under wraps Uh, But not completely yet. Um, And, you know, you can end up losing limbs and things. It's not from leprosy, but basically your skin just starts breaking down and your immune system starts breaking down and you can get other infections and then Mm -hmm. you'll know you'll lose limbs and things like that. Um, It renders you essentially incapable of a lot of work in the medieval period because a lot of work is, you Mm -hmm. know, specifically physical. So there'll be like large communities of people with leprosy, often outside of cities and things like that, because um, it's like a big charitable thing, like rich people love to endow what they call a lazar Mm -hmm. house to prove that they're so pious to like help these poor disgusting disease people right but everyone also hates lepers uh because they kind of think that um lepers sort of had it coming and one of the reasons that they sort of have it coming is because well maybe you were banging women while they were on their period which you shouldn't do um and, like, that's that's tied up with a lot of the other things that are kind of thrown at lepers all the time. Uh, sorry, people with leprosy. I try not to say lepers. Uh, people with leprosy. Mm. Um, like, you know, they, they will say that they basically are, like, uh, lustful. They're slothful. Um, they're indulgent in drink. Uh, they're garrulous. Basically, if you come up with one of the seven deadly sins people with leprosy are that and so like they're sort of being punished by god for all of their sinful behavior so with that understanding of how people get leprosy it's really easy to say oh yeah well that's like a sexually transmitted thing because Mm. you know you that we know that too much sex or too much lustfulness is linked to leprosy in the kind of like religious standpoint um There are other STIs that we don't really have a handle on necessarily like what they are, but, you know, people will talk about like discharge and, you know, itching and things like that. And we're like, I don't know, maybe that's like chlamydia. It doesn't necessarily matter, like from our standpoint, like, um, you know, if they're saying that they've got something from having sex, you got to kind of take their word for it. The big one that kind of comes out at the end of the medieval period and into the early modern period is syphilis and Mm. it's like new like new syphilis (laughs) (laughs) enjoy um and so it's like you got a new feature yeah it's a and it becomes a real problem real real fast but that's like 15th century i think so it didn't Ah, it it hadn't really been around before that and um it is especially associated with like soldiers Mm. um and you know people who kind of like are moving around a lot and often, again, ha- having sex with a lot of sex workers and and this sort mm-hmm. of a thing. Um, and sex workers were often at times seen as being particularly like diseased. Um, and part of this is not like from their idea of sex and their idea of sex education is it's like, well, you know, you're kind of like taking in like it, you know, so much semen and like you know excess humor from other men that's going to corrupt you blah 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 so it's not really like um it's not like they have an idea of germ theory but they're like well the way humoral theory works is it's like well here's like too much humor coming from one place and here's another one and like that's the thing that causes stis and they understand that they're catching Uh. they understand them as a problem but it's like you know they don't have any remedies so much other than like well don't have sex but you will also see for example Um, in medical texts like the Trotula uh, of Trotula of Salerno um, sorry Trotula of Salerno who was a kind of midwife you'll often see that there are like home remedies for stuff like um, which seems like gentle warts or things like that where they'll Mm. be like oh yeah you put these things together put it on there bang like you know for people who have like the pox or people who have uh, things like this and it'll be like you know put this on your junk and that'll get rid of it so there's also you know clearly some sort of like you know, accepted level of, well, there's, you know, some STI things going mm-hmm. on. I mean, interestingly, I would say that, like, we probably have a slightly more fucked up relationship with STIs because, like, we have this real... Um, we have a real way of like relating to STIs is it's like the worst thing that could ever happen to you. Mm-hmm. Even though it's like, you know, stuff like, you know, chlamydia, we've got that on lock. We'll just, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, that's fine. There's always like these weird stories that come out and it like drives me crazy. Um, you know, as someone who writes about sex all the time and like, oh my God, my poor boyfriend who's a sex educator, there's always like these, oh, there's super chlamydia. That super chlamydia is out there. And he's like, that super chlamydia is not, it's not out there. Oh my God. And then he has to spend like all week, you know, uh, like answering questions from a bunch of panicked teenagers on his website who were like, I dry humped my boyfriend. Do I have super chlamydia? And he's like, no, fuck's sake. You know, so it's like, (laughs) so with the way that we think about um stis is like again this real world ending worst thing that can Mm -hmm. happen to you medieval people are like well this is not great here's how you make a paste for it you know like it's just (laughs) you you know they it's definitely kind of like connected to sinful activity but it's not seen Mm -hmm. like as this kind of like personal end of the world type of deal
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm like I'm still I'm still trying to process all of this because I because like I mean, I'm yeah, Sorry, that was a lot. Uh, <laughs> No, do, do not apologize. I'm like, I'm still trying to process like somebody call, calling like a leper or I'm sorry, a person with leprosy slothful. Like, <laughs> of course I'm fucking slothful. Yeah, like, what I am I supposed to look like my do? My arm, arm just fell off. <laughs> just... I'm going to rub these sores all over you, son of a bitch. Of
1: course yeah, I'm like, slothful. And they're like, oh, they're very angry. And it's like, well, maybe that's because A, they've got leprosy and B, you're being a real dick to them right now.
2: Like, Oh, they're so angry. I can't, but I can't figure out why. Hey, that guy's leg just fell off. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> like
1: my favorite thing is that there is—I forget his name now—but there is this particular priest who like writes um, a bunch of sermons specifically for you to give to people who have leprosy. And he's like, in his preamble, he's like, the thing about people with leprosy is they fucking suck. Oh, man, I hate them. Whoa, <laughs> the worst bunch of assholes in the world. Anyway, here's a sermon for them. Like,
2: you know, you're just like okay. Here's a sermon for those pieces of shit. It's
1: like, okay, bro. Like, you know, it just, you know, people love to kind of like be seen to be doing things for people with leprosy. In the medieval period mm-hmm. so they love to start a lazar house they love to write a book of sermons for them but at the same time be like and stay the fuck away from me like <laughs> you're terrible and i'm really great because i helped you and that's as important mm-hmm. you know
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah exactly um jesus christ <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't even know i don't even know where to go with that like i like man
1: yeah that is,
2: i always so wait is like did they have, like, period huts? And I'm not trying to... Oh, no, to no, like... yeah.
1: I know what you're saying. No, it's okay. it's not that much um, for male okay, people. Okay. Now, there, it, it also depends on uh, what kind of faith that we're talking about. Because, so, for example, mm-hmm. I believe that um, Jewish women have, like, slightly different prescriptions around mm-hmm. um, menstruating. And I do know that there is, like, a kind of, after you're done menstruating, um, the Jewish community is, like, women would go have, like, a kind of, like, ritualized bath. It was, like, this thing Mm -hmm. where, like, you had to go have this particular bath, like, near the synagogue in order Mm -hmm. to, like, be like, oh, and now you're good to go again. Um, For Christians, it's mostly just, like, a lot of being told you're gross and, like, that's it. So, like, they don't segregate women and that's large, a lot of that has to do with the fact that, like, you know, women be working so, you know, you can't just go ask them to, like. Like, who's going to look after the cows, right? But there is a lot of, like, hand-wringing about what it all means, Mm -hmm. Um, you know? So, like, in terms of sex education or the way that they think about sex, like, there's a lot of talking about these things. So, these Mm -hmm. are like, you know, there's a lot of stories, um, you know, there are medical handbooks that people have in their home, as I said. Um, And there's, like, a lot of talking about sex generally. And, you know, I'd say Mm -hmm. that they probably talk about sex more than we do. Um, You know, just Mm -hmm. medieval literature is so full of sex that, Mm -hmm. you know, they seem to see it a lot more as a fact of life. And I suppose, you know, part of that is, you know, they're living in a situation where they have a lot less privacy than we do. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they're probably kind of like exposed to a bit more sex around the shop. Just it's it's like (laughs) one of those things that you kind of got to deal with. Um, but you know, there are these things, but there is also only kind of so much you can do with that knowledge. So it's like, they don't really have a way of, um, you know, curing STIs in that, you know, it's just like, they don't really have a way of curing sore throats. Like they can ease Mm -hmm. it, they can ease it. Right. But they can't necessarily cure it. Um, there is no such thing as like a condom in the medieval period. So you can't really Mm -hmm. protect against anything like that um and there are also like no well there are like no real forms of like contraception in the medieval period um mm. but what's interesting about that is it means that there is more abortion
2: okay okay and interesting- i was I, cuz i was going to ask did you mean okay good <laughs> yeah
1: yeah, yeah. so um basically it's like they don't have like there's no such thing as a pill or you know like famously that hmm. shit came out in the sixties, right <laughs> it's like um uh, <laughs> so there there is a lot of like pull and pray as a contraceptive yeah. subject which is very sinful, mind, but oh mm. very naughty, pull no mm. no, but uh do
2: not come on her stomach, yeah, absolutely, don't. don't
1: you dare, like I swear to God if you give her a facial mm, <laughs>
2: you know like <laughs> that sort of thing, so i did not see that coming hey, you know, hey! <laughs> so like there
1: we go. You, you know there's that and and people certainly did of try that and we know that they did it because this is something mm-hmm. that comes up in penitentials a lot where they're like are mm-hmm. you fucking like i bet you're pulling out i bet you're pulling out <laughs> and they're like so you <laughs> done, like the penance that you get for
0: that
1: Um, and interestingly, like really early term abortion for medieval people, it's like, meh, meh. Like the mm. church isn't huge on it. They don't love it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but it's like a lot less penance than you would think. They're, they're, you've kind yeah. of got like three months free to like figure that out. And after three months, that's when <laughs> it starts getting... Mm. Really sadly, after that, like um, infanticide... Oh, yeah like yeah. uh not great not great yeah. and and around the shop a lot more than you would think and so that is why kind of like there's a bit more like dude we will let you off the hook with early abortion could mm. you like not physically kill an actual baby that would be great for us yeah. um so the church's uh, prohibitions against um abortion in the medieval period actually a lot chiller than they were in like the 20th century so you know there you go um (laughs) there's that um and then there are there are other like abort sort and things like that so like you know we Mm -hmm. we can see for example there's tons there's tons of stuff about like preventing pregnancy again in like women's medical manuals um and some of them might work because like a lot of them will be like pennyroyal right and we know that Mm -hmm. pennyroyal is an abort efficient so you know it's entirely possible that it would work yeah but Mm -hmm. um You know, there, there is no, there's no real form of contraception that reliably works. Mm -hmm. Although they're always trying to come up with some kind of like herbal way of doing that. But, you know, obviously it's, none of it's workable. (laughs) So. Yeah.
2: The, the herbal, the herbal birth control, that'll take over. Man, I i guarantee you dude like someone selling herbal birth control right now there I is somebody
1: you. who is on this they're gonna sell they're yeah. gonna sell some herbal birth control and like some yoga pants that's what's yeah. up that's yeah. what's up yeah so.
2: <laughs> exactly <laughs> um <laughs> geez um okay so i guess uh sort of wrapping up or sort of getting toward wrapping up here um you know the these widespread social taboos against sex, Mm -hmm. um, they, I mean, they obviously predate uh, Christianity and and apparently a lot of other religious movements too. So at this point, is this just um, in the Middle Ages, is this just, you know, Christianity is just propping up this patriot this this patriarchal action or is it like is it just you know because they were like well the bible says that women are you yeah. know should be subservient to men so therefore you know is is that is that what we're looking at here? i mean
1: what we're kind of looking at is sort of two things so i mean yeah they're definitely looking at the bible and it's like it says here women suck you know like in the bible <laughs> yeah. right uh, but the bible itself is a product of its own you know, social mm-hmm. milieu. Mm-hmm. Right. So all of that existed well before Christianity. It's just Christianity right. was like, Oh yeah, we're going to continue. We're going to continue this. Right. So it's mm-hmm. the same kind of like down on sex in, you know, most contexts way. Although, you know, like the Bible, it's extremely like, you know, if you're a King have a few wives, I don't know, like, but, but it's never <laughs> like for women, it's never the same. right? Mm-hmm. Um, And then, you know, you add on to that the kind of, like, um, social, quote-unquote, traditions of um, Europe, right? So, Mm -hmm. again, medieval people see themselves as, like, being the standard bearers for, you know, the Hellenic Empire and the Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. And they do not want to, like, overturn any of that. All they want to do is, like, paint Mm -hmm. some Christianity over it. And, Mm -hmm. um... You know, Greeks and Romans, like Greeks especially, as much as they're totally down to have, like, an adult man have sex with a younger boy, like, whatever. They don't like, um, you know, women having too much sex. And they're like, you know, women are so horny and women are always trying to have all this sex and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, too much sex turns you into a woman and being a woman is bad. You know, you should really be regulating how much sex you have. So... It's interesting because we have these sort of ideas about uh, Greek people and Roman people that are like, oh, it was a sexual free for all and anything goes. And certainly, like, there is an element of that in both Greek and mm-hmm. Roman society. Like, there's definitely like, you know, in in Greek society, like Hellenistic society in particular, there's definitely a lot more sex. But even still, within that, like, who's mm-hmm. who's allowed to have it versus who isn't? Right. Like, there's a lot right. more leeway for men to have sex Mm -hmm. in these circumstances than there is for women. Um, And this is because, Mm -hmm. you know, women are still like real, you know, traded for marriage. And there is a whole thing Mm -hmm. about like, you know, you want to make sure the kid is yours and all of this. So the medieval period isn't trying to undo any of that. The medieval period sees themselves as still doing that, but like with the Mm -hmm. added benefit of like the one true Christ and whatever.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, yeah, it's
1: like, it's not, none of this is new in any way. It's just more like, updated for their particular Mm -hmm. society and i mean i guess the thing to say about all this as well is yeah you know there's all these prescriptions you know for greek people for the ideal roman man for all of these things and you know does it work does it fuck no like i mean everybody (laughs) just kept having sex like it's you can never stop it it's never gonna stop (laughs) like it's
2: just yeah it yeah i mean and and you know part of this uh or you know this question was um i mean you know admittedly uh kind of self-serving but um or not self-serving jesus christ this question was you know kind of on purpose because there are obvious examples of uh of people doing uh, of people enforcing these taboos before christianity came about uh augustus caesar uh you know the first uh emperor of rome uh famously published edicts uh trying to ban uh Uh, adultery and and things of that nature he was very as as i recall anyway he was very boring um, yeah very very boring and very puritanical in his views on sex Mm. and those were apparently the views of a lot of roman uh, people in roman times on sex so like if god can't forbid it and you know a god on earth can't forbid it then you know Maybe you should just let people fuck, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's
1: like, I mean, imagine, like, it's such a Sisyphean task, like, attempting yeah. to curb all of this, you know? And, you know, we know that even, like, the clergy and the people who are, like, really trying to do this, they can't even help themselves, yeah. you know? So it's like, you know, they're they're shagging. This person, mm-hmm. like, you know, and, and so are regular people. Like, if you can't do it, nobody can do it. And, yeah. you know, granted, there I'm sure there are. Plenty of individuals who managed to, like, make it through life without having sex and good for them. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and um, if that's what made them happy, fine. Yes. Uh, but it, yes. it is... We,
2: we we love we love our ace listeners and... and yeah, like, know.
1: shout out to the ace community. Yeah, you are valid and I am into you and I want to support you and all y'all. Um, And I just think that that's, a, like, a totally valid life choice. And I think it's a way mm-hmm. more... Well, actually, I don't want to say way more valid because I also don't want to, like, um, get in the faces of our Catholic viewers. But, you know, having a real choice because of what it is that you specifically want to do is mm-hmm. such a great thing, I think, as opposed to being, like, guilted into it, right? Instead yeah. of feeling like yeah, this exactly. crushing weight of guilt, like, oh, I absolutely should not have sex because it is bad and evil. Mm-hmm. And, like, and I'm going to join a monastery and, like, you know, wear mm-hmm. a hair shirt and wake up three times a night to make sure that I never get it on. That's... Like a totally different experience to, you know, like, just, just be like, no, thanks. You know?
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, the not having sex is fine. And there are plenty of people who don't have sex for many valid reasons that, um, are perfectly great but um enforcing uh sexual isolationism Mm, on yourself mm. as a way to get closer to god or something thereabouts uh seems short-sighted on (laughs) from my perspective um and much different than a person who's just saying i simply don't want to have sex those those things uh seem pretty Pretty uh different in my view.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I suppose that it's also like when we look at the kind of like context of clerical celibacy, I mm-hmm. mean, um, you know, people within the church, you know, and, and this is one of the things that people are always ragging on the church about as well. Like, people in the church mm-hmm. are not supposed to be like eating particularly rich food, they're supposed to be wearing kind of crap clothes. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like this is especially true of like the monastic orders, you know, they're supposed to have like a really restrained diet. They're supposed to be working a lot. They're supposed to be doing all these things mm-hmm. in order to focus on God. And the rejection of sex is a part of that. Right. Because the mm-hmm. idea there is that, well, actually sex is quite fun. And like, <laughs> you know, like sex is actually, yes. you know, kind of pleasurable. And so you you want to give that up along with everything else. Mm-hmm. It's like how when they condemn people with leprosy, they it's not just sex. That leprosy mm-hmm. that, that people with leprosy um have done in order to get that disease it's also like you know eating too much and being lazy and all of the other things that mm-hmm. are bad so you know there is this you know acknowledgement within the clerical understanding of celibacy that is that sex is fun and so you're closer to god if you give it up because yeah
2: mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. all right well um You know, we got one more thing to talk about before we go, and uh, it's the thing that everyone came here to talk about, and that's a dildo. Hell yeah. (laughs) So, let's talk about dildos. Let's end this on a fun note instead of the uh, awful notes in which we spent the middle part of the Yeah, well... so. Dildos, Eleanor. Do do any medieval dildos still exist? Like, do they no, exist Isn't it, doesn't it suck? No. Doesn't that suck? I mean, yes. I would
1: love it so much. Well, so we do have some medieval phallic shaped objects that have exist. Ah. So sometimes, like phallic objects, end up in people's graves, but we don't think they're dildos, <laughs> like, <'cause, laughs> just because we don't think that people are like, bury me with my beloved dildo, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Cause like it's just the, the thing the thing about dildos the thing about dildos is bury me with it. yeah like I, <laughs> just,
2: just bury me
1: i pr- it. just i can't we can never be apart right like
2: so we, we oh, think geez. that those look you know if that's you get good for you you know what i awesome, want to support awesome. you
1: like and <laughs> yep. like let me know because i'm gonna come give a eulogy at your funeral <laughs> yeah. anyway like mm-hmm. um I, I feel like that. That's like when we we tend to say that when we find these phallic objects in graves, we tend to be like, a, "It's maybe like a, some kind of fertility talisman," and we could just mm-hmm. be being prudes, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they are like, "Yeah, bury me with my beloved dildo. That's my dildo, and <laughs> I love it," you know. And then, and it's us mm-hmm. being like, "Well, I, I don't think you would really do that." Like, I mean, it's that's <laughs> completely within the realm of possibility.
2: Well, now, are these like phallic in that? You know they they have a general phallic shape or like something where you could be like yeah I could see that being used like I mean as like it's they're
1: they're usually wooden and they they look like a uh, dick you know okay so okay. you know like if some, with some really fine woodwork and some linseed oil I think you'd probably be fine you know it wouldn't be my first choice but <laughs> there you go um, yeah so like and and also there is something about the kind of like woodenness where we're a little bit like mm. yeah. I mean, yeah,
2: that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I, I I do not. I do not have a vagina, but that seems uncomfortable. Yeah. Like
1: to me, to me, to me, personally. to me, that's like, I'm not, I don't think that I've ever wanted anything enough to risk splinters internally, you know? <laughs> um, so, but the, having there's sex with an end. Yeah. Right. So that's part of why we're like, Hmm, maybe not so much, you know? Um, yeah. Another part of the issues that we have with having, like, extant medieval dildos, it's the same thing where you probably aren't getting buried with your dildo. You don't really hand your dildo down. You're not like, no one in their will is like, I bequeath my niece, my beloved dildo. You know, again, it's like, that's not the thing, right? That's just not how it works. Um, yeah. So, like, it's not...
2: Interesting story, though, I... Uh... Uh, i i will i will leave this person nameless but a member of my family uh was offered a used dildo by their best friend's mom in okay. when they when they were in like uh fifth or sixth grade <laughs> what True story. Wow. True, absolutely true story. Hot damn. Yep. Hot. The the mom was going. This is not excusing anything. The mom was going through a divorce. Things were apparently you know very weird. But there, there you go. It is. There is at least one attempted
1: dildo. Not dildo One attempted. Down. There you go. Yes. See, see there you go. And <laughs> this is the other thing is that people don't tend to pass down dildos because there yes. tends to be some <laughs> reticence towards like having someone else's dildo right so yeah yeah Yeah.
2: that makes sense to me yeah
1: (laughs) i mean also you know what we know about uh, dildos from the medieval period is that we do think that a lot of them are leather so just like having Mm. a leather object survive for 800 years or something like that Mm. is not likely um and Mm -hmm. you know when we do have objects that survive um you know they tend to be like extraordinarily fine um and expensive objects you know like books things like that that Mm. are made out of leather that's what survives because you know they're treated with such reverence and they're kept so carefully that's Mm. how they survive so we do have like this issue with the survival of them because Mm. uh, you know like how would you pass it down the materials that they're made out of all of that um, having said that, they were about the shop. You know, they were, they were around They were around the place. You know, people, <laughs> people were out here using them. People are confessing to using them. People are asking you to confess to using them. Uh, people are certainly purchasing them. People are certainly mm-hmm. making them. You know, like there are people like apparently it's in the repertoire of, you know, people who are leather goods makers that, you know, dildo is one of the things they'll do for you. Strap on dildo, yeah, absolutely. And
2: look at that, people helping people. There you you go.
1: And um, I mean, I think that there was there's maybe also more of like an emphasis on dildos at the time because uh, because of the sort of like real masculine way of uh, thinking about sexuality, and that like you Mm. know um, sex is something that men do to women, and Mm -hmm. all of this. Um, Even like the way that like uh, medieval thinkers will talk about like women masturbating, for example, is they'll always be like, yeah, so they think about a dick right? They just think real hard about a dick, and then they <laughs> masturbate, and then that's how they can come, and like, yeah, that they'll do that. Or it'll be like, they get they get a dildo, they get a dildo, and then they just fuck themselves with the dildo, and like, that's how they do it. So, like, there's always, even when it's like women having sex with themselves, there's always this idea of it, like, being, there. a dick has to be involved somehow, man. Somehow. Like, they're just thinking about it, they got a dildo, they're all these things. So... Yeah, that's men thinking about what women do, which, you know, lol. Yeah. But there is probably also some kind of, like, social knock-on from that, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, you know, there there are trends with these things. So if people are like, oh, word? Like, you know, they'll go look into getting a dildo. If they're like, if they Mm -hmm. hear that's how people masturbate, then that's how, you know, they're going to masturbate. It's like, you know, now, for example, like... We have this huge emphasis on vibrators because you know they rule and everything. But um, like you know, it's completely possible for women to masturbate without vibrators. You know, it's like it's easy, you know, it's, this is available. To Wait, you. it is. Yeah, I know. Right? Oh
2: man, I had I had no idea. But it's
1: like a lot of the way that we talk about like women masturbating now, it's particularly centric on like mm. you know purchasing something, and that's because we live in capitalist hell. But um, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like you can't possibly do anything unless money was exchanged, you know. But um, you know, it, it, it's kind of that same thing, right? <laughs> so. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, like.
2: You heard it here first. Manual masturbation is. Uh, it, it's is, available. Is, yeah, and it's and and it it, it is praxis against capitalism. <laughs> That's right.
1: That's right. Like uh, reject modernity, embrace tradition. Yeah, yeah.
2: On 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 this one. <laughs> on this thing only. <laughs> Yeah,
1: only because we want to keep the capitals. Uh, no, actually, uh, you know what? Go ahead and have sex with yourself any way you want to.
2: Yep. Knock yourself Good luck out. and God bless. <laughs> the world. The world's bad enough. Knock yourself. out. Yeah, I'm not. Off, I'm not literally. here to police
1: anybody's masturbatory habits. Let's put it that way. So, yeah. Yep. Except, I mean, if you're going yep. in on the wooden dildo, just I don't know. I mean, again, I'm not going to police that. I'm just lacquer like,
2: that thing. Just, just lacquer. I just like just love
1: yourself. You know, like in more ways than one. Like just. <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly That's all. exactly and uh yeah so on that note <laughs> <laughs> thank you uh, thank you for listening to <laughs> to we're not so different um i'll stop giggling like a 10-year-old boy at some point <laughs> i promise <laughs> um thank you thank you again for listening uh we haven't decided what we're going to talk about next time so uh yeah it'll be a surprise for everyone involved yay uh when you come back next episode um eleanor tell the wonderful listeners where they can find you please.
1: check out my blog at going medieval.com um or come hang out on twitter at going medieval uh, I don't know you know uh, Mostly at this uh, this week I've just Been laughing because uh, Andrew Sullivan was all up in the mentions of another medieval Historian I know uh, getting owned and it's been Very funny it's been very funny
0: So <laughs> Good. <laughs>
2: Good own own him oh my god, like I, I think I
1: own his his account already But everyone who's replied to him <laughs> ha- Has so there you,
2: there go. you go Yeah and uh, My name is Luke you can find me on Twitter uh at at Luke is amazing. Uh, you can find the star Wars podcast that I've done uh, in the past called a people's history of the old Republic, uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, or you can find us on Twitter at FOTOR pod. And uh, if you are interested in hearing more of us, you can check out our Patreon where we have our first episode up uh, on when did the Roman empire fall. And you can find that at patreon.com slash W N S D pod right. in There you go. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next episode.
1: Bye!